Okay, hello. Welcome back to the Oral Health Podcast. Obviously, we've wrapped up Smile Month now, but um, so it's back to regular content uh, from us, Karen and myself. Uh, today, we're going to talk a little bit about motor neuron disease because it's Motor Neuron Disease Awareness Day today. Um, so if you aren't aware, motor neuron disease um, is the messages from the motor neurons that gradually stop reaching the muscles and that leads to muscles weakening, stiffening and uh, it can affect how you walk, talk, eat, drink, breathe and as we're going to discuss today it can affect the way you take care of your mouth. So um, you have about a 1 in 300 risk of getting motor neuron disease across your lifetime and it affects up to 5,000 adults in the UK at any one time. So uh, it can affect anyone of any age, but it's more likely to affect you if you are over 50. However, being informed about it is always going to be helpful, either if you yourself were to develop it or um, a friend or a family member uh, or a loved one. It's just good to know how these things affect every area of your life. So, Karen, um, good to see you again after the hectic month of Smile Month. How are you doing? Well, I'm glad it's not National Smile Month every month, although it should be, really. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's nice to get back to our, our normal and after a really successful National Smile Month. Um, yeah, preparing for next year already. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, MND is obviously a, a really important subject to to touch on because yeah. it's not something that we can avoid um, getting. If you if you get it, you get it, and you know um, it's it's one of those um, conditions that slowly takes away your independence and the things that you're able to uh, enjoy and do and. Um, yeah, it, it's very hard for for the person suffering, but also the person that's caring as well. So it is really important that we um, we have a chat about um, trying to help somebody through, um, you know, keeping their oral hygiene as good as possible. Um, you know, and continuing visits to the dentist and should they need treatment, what, what will make um, things slightly easier for, for both parties. Absolutely. So if we can start off then um, just having a little bit of a chat about how MND affects um, the oral health of, of someone. Well, it can be very difficult because obviously um, we know that it, it's affecting the muscles and, and reducing their, um, their movement. So mouth opening is, I would probably say, the, the major problem because you can't get in to clean the teeth um, as easily as, as before. Um, and that's the same for, for dental treatment, obviously, you know, you need to be able to get into the mouth to clean. Now, you can use um, a bite block or a, a mouth prop to do it. Alternatively, you could use the tooth, uh, the handle of another toothbrush while you're brushing. Obviously, that doesn't give very much opening, but you don't want to... Um, you know, over overstretch it, and um, you know you need to put you. So if you're cleaning one side um, or having treatment on one side, the the prop or the the block will go in the opposite side to try and open it up, so you can actually get in there to see. And it 
it prevents the closure, but it also stops the patient's muscles from getting tired because, you know, holding your mouth open like that was probably very, very difficult for somebody. Whereas if they're actually biting on something, the muscle can actually relax. So that that's good for, for getting in there and, and cleaning. You may find it's easier with an electric toothbrush because the heads do tend to be a little bit smaller they're more effective as well so you know if you if you're not able to get to every part and obviously at, at early stages of MND patients will still be able to brush their own teeth I mean we're really only talking about you know very advanced further on yeah, yeah where there's, there's going to be no mobility at all so whilst the patient still has use of their hands and they'll be made maybe it's limited but whilst they're still able to open the mouths themselves there's no reason why they should stop cleaning their teeth themselves again using the toothbrush in the opposite uh, side of the mouth just to rest those muscles but if they can do it continue to do so i mean that goes for interdental brushing as well which is obviously um a bit more fiddly so again getting some mechanical aid you know a, a water pick um, an air flosser those kind of things um, will enable people to clean between their teeth much easier. So you can try and keep um, dental decay, gum disease um, at bay as best you can. And obviously that's better because if you can reduce the need for treatment, that's going to be far more comfortable. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we all to a degree have a, um, a gag reflex if something is put in our mouth too far back this this is tightened with um mnd so um if you are brushing somebody's teeth for them just try to avoid contact with the the soft palate or the back of the mouth um to try and prevent that so you've just got to put in things really slowly and gently and and just be mindful of that yeah and um actually for smile month we obviously spoke to two nurses who have experienced brushing someone's teeth and they described in great detail how they do it so i'll insert a clip of that here as well if you're actually needing some help and you are a carer and you're helping someone that you love brush their teeth um just thinking about how you do that standing side by side is much more powerful than standing in front of someone mm -hmm. because you're more likely to get the same pressure that you would do when you brush your own teeth so um if i was brushing um, Katie's teeth, I'd be very close to her and I'd be holding the brush like this, looking at a mirror to help with that. One of the most important things is almost pretend that you're brushing your own teeth. So if you would press a certain strength, don't be, you know, carving a toothbrush around their mouth. So if you do for your loved one, as you would do for yourself, I think that's a very big message. Yeah. Um, we obviously things like um, tongue biting, cheek biting. What what kind of things can we do for that? Um, I mean, the, the, you could have a, a a soft mouth guard made. You know, you've got to get the impression first. Obviously, if if somebody has um one of the sort of super duper scanning machines, you don't need an impression. But it's it's if the person is in a, is able to wear that um it could stop them biting their their cheek or their tongue um you know there, there are um you know there are ways and means so again 
sort of using a, a, a mouth prop if it's particularly certain times that they're doing it. It may be at night time, which is when um, the night guard might come in. I don't think that sleeping with a, um, a bite block in your mouth is going to be um, uh, recommended. Yeah. But, um, you know, if you've got um, excessive yawning, if they're if they're yawning a lot and sort of using that muscle, so they've got to be very careful when they the mouth closes that there isn't any of the soft tissue in the way. Um, you know, there the, there are things that um, you know the dentist can have a look at to see if there's any way they can sort of make it so that the mouth doesn't close completely, so that they're they're not biting on something so wearing something wearing an appliance that has a little block in it so it you close your teeth but not completely so it gives a chance of, of getting the sort of soft tissue that and you have to remember the tongue is a muscle so the tongue is going to be affected as yeah. well so you know there will be a reduced movement to the tongue and as everybody knows when somebody says to you move your tongue out of the way it's really really difficult even if you don't have anything any condition that's affecting the muscles it's uh it tends to become an immovable object so mm -hmm. uh that can be a problem as, as well yeah and um when you get to more advanced stages obviously when you're looking at things like tube feeding like mouth care changes a lot when someone's tube fed compared to not being tube fed but do you have any advice around that well, um, I mean, obviously, the mouth care is really important if somebody is um, mouth fed, possibly even more important um, because they're not eating or drinking by the mouth. The um, plaque still forms no matter what we do. So the potential for gum disease is still there. So, again, you've got to get in there and clean it, which is, is really it, it can be more more and more difficult, even if you can get in with just something soft at the sides through the you know by by moving the cheek away with your finger and getting in there um it will feel more pleasant for the, the the patient as well because they will probably have a dry mouth um which makes the mouth uncomfortable anyway even if you're not eating and drinking just um the sort of the regular movements of your mouth it, it makes it a bit more a bit a bit sore and and the tongue as well so if you can get in there to even moisten the mouth and um you know that with a with a toothbrush you can actually sort of almost stimulate the saliva flow um i mean it's a bit of a a bit of a two-way street because sometimes you have a lot of saliva to excess where there is too much mm -hmm. um so you know when the the patient is is at the dentist um they probably need suction all the time to get rid of this uh excess saliva um and not lying down flat as well because it gives a um a feeling of, of choking which is obviously different because you know we're not having dental treatment every day but the day-to-day -day, um management um of of the condition it depends on the patient depends how advanced their um their MND is um but you know, getting in as best as you can with a, a very small headed toothbrush so like a baby toothbrush really mm -hmm. um because if the mouth is dry they probably have sore gums and a sore tongue as well so you don't want to go in with anything too hard so like a soft baby brush will be perfect to get in there and you can only do what you can do but yeah. uh, just to make somebody feel more comfortable 
people um, is is uh, is uh, you know a really good idea because um, there's nothing worse than feeling your mouth feeling dirty or dry or sore. So you know yeah. it, it's about um, helping somebody to feel as as good as they possibly can. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, this is all, um, you know, at home stuff and home care things. But mm-hmm. when we're talking about getting to um, the dentist, there could be maybe communication difficulties or um, yeah. miscommunications, I think is probably a better word than difficulties. But um, what then can dentists do to to help if they know they have a patient with MND and, and want to work through it together, as it were? Yeah, I mean, there are there will be certain treatments that um, as the condition progresses will not be possible because um, there are certain conditions, obviously, that the mouth has to be open for a period of time, which may not be um, possible, uh, which is another good reason for looking after the mouth as best as as we can to prevent the need. However, you know, things happen and we do have to go. Um, there are some materials that don't like moisture. So, for example, the white filling materials um, like a really dry um, environment. So it may not be possible to use that type of material on somebody's mouth that they can't get completely dry. So it, it depends how the patient is presenting. Also, with um, local anaesthetics, the the last thing that you want is to numb up already um compromised areas so you wouldn't want to give an injection that numbs half the tongue and half the lip so in those cases when you need um treatment on a lower tooth they they will use a a special kind of injection that would just numb up that individual tooth now they can do that in any part of the mouth so you don't get the soft tissue numbness so you don't get the the numbness sort of on your lip or you know half your face it feels like you're dribbling all over the place you don't get any of that soft tissue numbness. So that is often what a dentist would do. So um, just to um, make it as safe as possible, because if, you, if you've if you got limited movement or, or feeling in your tongue already and the other half of it is numbed up, that's quite a, a hazard, really. Yeah, so absolutely. you could be biting it, you could be, you know, um, it could be flopping all over the place. So, you know, just to numb up the individual tooth is, is um, you know, the way forward. And um, obviously asking questions and um, if someone's just got difficulty sure. talking, then yeah, um, I mean, close questions we were, is what I'm trying to look for. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there, there, there will be somebody that um, I would doubt that somebody with more advanced M&A would be going to the dentist on their own. So, Generally, we know, you know what it's like. I mean, if somebody finds it difficult to speak, the person that is with them all the time will understand. Um, I think it's really important that the dentist actually speaks to the patient rather than their carer. Um, but there's, it's quite nice to have the carer there if some, you know, the, the, the words need to be um you know, a little bit translated, maybe, and obviously for for the, the for the position of consent as well, you need to be making sure that the patient understands what's going to happen, what the treatment is, what the risks are, um, and that kind of thing. So, um, that is the point for the patient to ask any questions, and obviously, if their speech is a little bit affected, then having somebody that um 
can translate, if you like, will we'll be able to get them the answers that they need. Yeah, definitely. Um, an important point, I think, as well on the most neuron disease um, associations site that they have is to admit when you don't understand rather than just pretending that you do. I think there's an element of pride there, potentially, of not wanting to admit you don't know about something. It, but do you know it's what? Important. It's not, it really is important, but it's not just motor neuron disease. It's everything. It's somebody's <laughs> got a very strong accent or, you know, they're they're kind of a bit mumbly. You know, I think there's a certain number of times that we feel comfortable saying, oh, I'm sorry, could you repeat that? I think there's a certain number of times before you just sort of grin and say, oh, yes, that, uh, but no, you can't do that. I mean, it is important that you, uh, certainly in the situation of being, um, you know, about to treat somebody, you do need to know what they're what they're saying. And um, yeah, don't be embarrassed by asking or, or admitting, as you say, sorry, I didn't understand that. Um, could we try it again? Maybe, maybe your your family member or your carer um, could help me. And just being honest about it, I don't think there's any shame in saying to somebody, look, I didn't really understand what you said. Can we can we just break it down a little bit? Can we, you know, mm -hmm. just maybe nod if I I'm on the right track? I think dentists are kind of experts anything. at understanding people anyway, because they usually talk to you when your <laughs> mouth full of gunk and... They can get through it fine. <laughs> well, absolutely. And, the, you know, you do actually understand people when they're lying there with stuff in there. And they're upside down as well. So it's really difficult to lip, lip read, read. <laughs> as well. So, uh, yeah, it can be difficult. But the same goes for a dentist as well. You know, if the dentist is talking to you with a, a mask on, there is absolutely no reason why any patient shouldn't say to the dentist, I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. Could you repeat it? Or, you know, would you mind just taking your mask down a little bit <clears throat> and that goes for everybody not just patients with um, uh, motor neuron disease I mean it, it's it's everybody needs to be clear and and the communication needs mm -hmm. to be backwards and forwards doesn't yeah. it yeah yeah absolutely um well that's um I think we've discussed some important stuff. Um, if you want to learn more about motor neuron disease um, and more specifically motor neuron disease and how it affects your mouth, then I'll link some information in the podcast description. Um, we'll be back next week talking about something else. We're talking about World Wellbeing Week next week and just talking about the general well-being um, with our oral health and also how good oral health affects our well-being. So both sides of the coin if you like um so yeah karen thanks for sitting and talking to me and we will see you next You're welcome. time welcome see you later bye bye